0: Welcome to Books, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. This week, uh, this is interlude episode number one million, according to my notes, which were accurately put together by <laughs> Rob Olson of the book podcast. I can only blame one million. Is that, is that it? Okay. all right?
1: Despite the fact that this is the 320 second episode, I believe, this okay. is interlude number one million.
0: It's weird how that works. Yeah. It's almost like time travel. So... Um, Here's uh, here's what happened. We had a book schedule to be reviewed this week, and that uh, did not go according to plan, as uh, sometimes happens with real life and books specifically. Here's the problem. Here's what I found. It's easy to put down books in favor of other things. And I love books, as everybody knows, because we wouldn't be doing this podcast <laughs> if we didn't. Right? Like It would yeah. be a terrible thing for us to do if we hated reading. But sometimes it's just easier to, to watch K dramas or whatever you're watching. I'm just saying, someone be
1: watching. <laughs> Sometimes you watch all four Jaws movies in one day. You didn't do that, did you? No, I spread it out over a few days. But
0: <laughs> I didn't realize. Are you are you a Jaws fan? Is that a
1: thing well, for you? All right. So the reason that I watched all four Jaws movies recently was because um, back in uh, July. Apple had this thing where they were doing a different $5 movie every day, and Jaws was one of them. So I bought it, and then I was like, well, I bought it. I might as well watch it again. And um, so I watched that, and Jaws, number one, is an awesome movie.
0: I have not seen it, which probably won't surprise anybody. Not surprising. I have any. not seen the Jaws movies, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, especially considering it was made in like the mid-70s, it's an awesome movie. And it really like holds up over time. But then I know that there's 2, 3, and Jaws the Revenge, and I was thinking, I wonder how much these, you know, subsequent films, how good they were, and they were all on Netflix, so I would kind of watch one or two and then, you know, watch another one another day, so not as good as the original. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say that.
0: I have numerous questions, so can I start? Um, warning: Rob may give up some spoilers about the Jaws movies <laughs> in case you're holding out. In case you're that that person who's going to go on Facebook and be like, "Oh my god, I just started watching the Jaws series! It's amazing!" and then writing posts about something from 30 years ago. Is the, is Jaws not killed in the first one?
1: All right, so I think we're starting out with the first misconception misconception, and that the the shark's name. Um, I heard somewhere else from someone who probably put a lot more thought into this than really ever needed to be thought um, that the shark's name is not Jaws. Uh, The crew actually referred to the mechanical shark. So, spoiler, when they made the film Jaws, they didn't use a real great white shark. It was mechanical. (laughs) And um, they called that shark Bruce.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay, do they kill that shark? The shark Bruce. Do they yeah. kill Bruce? Yeah. Okay. So, what the fuck is Jaws the Revenge?
1: So, see, that's where it gets interesting. So, um, so in the first Jaws movie, spoiler for a movie that came out in like night, like basically forty years ago, <clears throat> they kill the shark at the end. It's actually. Do you ever watch MythBusters? Uh, no. Okay. So in MythBusters, they actually did a MythBuster on. The method that they used to kill the shark in Jaws, which was there was like an air tank in the mouth of the shark that uh, he shot with a gun and it exploded and killed the shark. Um, so that shark dies. Jaws 2. New great white shark. That shark dies in a different way. Jaws 3. A different shark. <laughs> also dies. And then Jaws the Revenge, the fourth movie, for some reason, uh this shark that's in this in the in Jaws 4 basically has a vendetta against the family that ha- that was in <laughs> I can't make this up. <laughs> that was in the first two Jaws. So Jaws 1 and 2, it's the same uh it's Roy Scheider. Is the name of the actor who plays the guy, oh, yeah, who's yeah. like the main guy. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it's him and his family are in Jaws 1 and 2. 3 is a complete departure. I think it may have some minor characters that carry over. And then 4 okay. is a return to... Roy Scheider's character is killed off uh, before the movie starts with a heart attack. But the wife and, um, and their children are characters in this movie. And this shark has a vendetta against the family because of the other movies and is actively trying to kill anybody who is blood related to the (laughs) The person who
0: wrote that script. (laughs) (laughs) The Vendetta. I can't believe you cast me in this movie.
1: So all the sharks die. Like in
0: every movie, the shark dies, but they just keep terrorizing people. The thoughts keep coming. So, First, as you were explaining the ending to the first three movies, all I thought was this is really about some shark murderers (laughs) that that were I I totally had the wrong uh, concept of what these movies were. And then I kept thinking, if he says ghost shark in Jaws, the revenge, I might have to actually watch all four movies. But then you said something even better. Vendetta. The shark has a vendetta. (laughs) Holy Um, shit. That's what a mess.
1: The third one is also an interesting premise because, essentially, um, there's like a water theme. It's like SeaWorld, I think. And they have... uh, The whole premise of the third one is a baby great white shark um, gets uh, trapped in the water tanks or, you know, the fenced-off area of of SeaWorld. And um, the mother of the baby shark um, gets angry and defensive and protective of the baby and starts killing people
0: um listeners this is a (laughs) a call this is a call to action (laughs) rob willingly sat through these four movies i know the first one is is heralded as just brilliant and stuff but please send send your movie suggestions um send them through facebook twitter (laughs) um book podcast at gmail.com we need to get Rob some good movies to watch because this is how we spent the better part of you know two days or whatever. Holy well, you shit!
1: You know what I was doing? Well, first of all, I was I was legitimizing my original movie purchase, um, but I was preparing myself for that Blake Lively movie, Shallows or whatever it's called.
0: Now I will watch anything Blake Lively is in. See? You know why? Why? You know why? She's from Gossip Girl. She's is Serena that, Vander. Yeah. Is that
1: is that the reason? Yeah. Well, she's in a bikini for like the entire movie. I mean, that doesn't hurt anything, but she's us from Gossip Girl. So I know that I'm going to watch The Shallows or whatever it's called, and I wanted to have a good reference for like original shark movies. Not that bullshit like Sharknado or Sharktopus or any of that. Although, did we talk about this before? The guy that wrote Sharktopus, I'm friends with Facebook, friends with on Facebook. I didn't realize that before.
0: I, no, I don't think that came up. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Sharktopus. Um,. Yeah. So that 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 went that diverged a little bit from where I was heading. Um, <laughs> so I know that every time there's a sale on movies on uh on is it iTunes is that where you buy movies yeah. too, iTunes? Yeah. Um so they had this this 10 for 10 deal the other day, but you had to it was like Sophie's Choice, right? You had to pick between your darlings. You, yeah. you bought one, right? You had to buy one.
1: Um actually I did not buy any of those movie oh. packs. And the reason. okay, okay continue.
0: Now, i was I was just curious to see which one you went with, because I actually looked at the selection, and I don't remember specifically what they were, but it was like kinda recent movie, then like three movies I never heard of, then stuff that just sounded horrible. And then the next one was kind of recent movie, three movies I never heard of. like you get you see where I'm going with this? yeah, and here's the fatal flaw. I figured this out. Um, the
1: so they did ten years of iTunes movies, and there was one, two, three, four, five, six different um. Um, options, and there were like, so it's a pack of 10 movies for $10, and it sounds awesome. But, and this makes sense for licensing reasons, there's a a Lionsgate one, and another Lionsgate one, and a Universal one, and a Warner Brothers one, and a Sony one, and a Paramount one. So, um, they had to keep movies from the same, you know, house Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. So, what happened was either, like you said, I was either disinterested in like half of the movies in the selection... Or I already had like one or two, so it'd be stupid to like buy ten movies where I already owned a couple of them.
0: So, yeah, there's got to be people that were like, "I'm dropping sixty bucks and I'm gonna have movies to watch for like two months." Yeah, I just 60 I guess bucks I'm for just, sixty movies, yeah, yeah. But in looking at that, I think there were like two movies where I was like, "Oh, yeah, that." <laughs> so I, I guess I'm just too picky, so I don't watch all four Jaws movies back to back to back to ghost shark back
1: so just as an example so people can see why i might not choose to do one of those packs of movies i thought it was a good idea but so uh, one of the lions gates one was divergent now you see me warm bodies perks of being a wallflower margin call warrior the switch kick ass twilight and no country for old men
0: that was the one i actually saw that i thought was the best but i was also basing it on the fact that i'd seen like four of those movies and really m- mostly enjoyed them yeah
1: and the switch <laughs> Jennifer Aniston stars alongside Jason Bateman in this offbeat comedy as Cassie a smart fun-loving single woman who despite her neurotic best friend best friend Wally's objections decides it's time to have a baby even if it means doing it herself with a little help from a charming sperm donor. But unbeknownst to her, Cassie's plans go awry because of a last minute switch that isn't discovered until seven years later when Wally gets acquainted with Cassie's cute, though slightly neurotic son. I'm guessing it was the switch was the sperm?
0: I don't. I don't.
1: I don't think anybody knows because <laughs> who the hell would have watched that? Yeah, that sounds terrible. So that's oh why God. you don't buy the 10 for $10 movie pack. I'll tell you what movie I'm excited about. Um, I'm trying to think if I could just guess, I have no idea.
0: Blair witch. Oh yeah. So man, <laughs> I don't know. Like a lot of years ago, like 15 years ago, maybe, um, the Blair witch project. I, and, and I know people are going to think I'm joking or going to think I'm ridiculous. It kind of blew my mind. It's the only movie I ever saw that scared me. And I mean, we're, we're talking, I was watching Friday the 13th movies when I was like 11 years old, you know? Yeah. Uh it was the first movie that I thought genuinely scared me. And then they came out with that, The Blair Witch Project 2, which I, I think I saw maybe 16, <laughs> maybe 18 minutes of before I purposely went to sleep. I was like, I'm not even watching the rest of this. I'm not even turning it off. I'm just going to sleep. Um, this one, this one looks good. Um, it's got a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it, is it already released? Um, so I'm, I'm guessing that there's probably some kind of preview type thing. Um, To it. It Looks like it all comes out tomorrow evening. Um, Not going to get to the movie theater probably till next week, but it's definitely high on my list of to do things to see the the Hmm. Blair Witch. I remember
1: being uh, scared of the original. I mean, when you get past all that repetitive, like, you gave me the map, you didn't give me the map bullshit, like, it's a genuinely freaky movie. Because, like, it was. What it did that I think that a lot of movies, other movies didn't do was you could so easily see yourself being that person, you know, so whatever happened to those people was essentially happening to you. Whereas, like, I don't think I'm ever going to be attacked by, you know, a guy with super long claws who lives in my dreams. So there was more (laughs) of a reality to it.
0: Yeah, and and then I mean, we talk about the marketing campaign. Yeah. Um, which I, I did not I knew it was a movie all along. Mm-hmm. And if you if you fell for it, if you were the person saying, I can't believe they there's keep showing that movie where those <laughs> kids got killed, then you're an idiot. I can't even I'm not even gonna be nice about it. You're a moron. <laughs> I, I remember having an argument with somebody where I was like, Listen, I saw the actress on Letterman last night. Like yeah. she's fine. <laughs> like she's an actress. Like that's <laughs> not, not even her name. Yeah.
1: You can't be dead. And on Letterman,
0: yeah, no. Well, I mean, yeah, not on a current episode, I guess. But yeah, um, so this one's kind of interesting. Are you Are you familiar with the premise? No, and um, so, but before
1: you tell about the premise, I just want to confirm because this is my suspicion and my understanding. It is as if the sequel didn't happen, right? Correct. Yes. So they're completely retconning Book of Shadows or whatever it was called
0: out of existence. Yeah. Yes, pretty okay. much. Okay. okay. This one is um, the brother of um, the girl from the movie who's in college. And him and his, I guess, friends go in to to investigate and see if his sister's disappearance had potentially anything to actually do with the Blair Witch. And I'm guessing the exact same thing happens to them or something along those lines. Hmm. See, now I like that because... That
1: would make sense if you were someone who lost a sibling to suspicious, you know, circumstances. And I'm sure that maybe they didn't get the whole truth and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and I'm guessing, like, everything in the... See, and that's, I guess, what was different about this. Today in the modern world, we document everything by by, by iPhone and and Android phone, right? So it would make complete sense that we would see first-person shaky phone cam this time versus, you know, the always having a reason to have the camcorder on 18 years ago or whatever it was. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't know that I'll see this before the next time we record, but if I do, I'm sure that there will be opinions, as we're now. Now we're like fledgling movie reviewers, too.
1: Yeah, for anybody who hasn't checked out our YouTube channel recently or ever, we did post a video review of Rob Zombie's movie 31, um, which is about 20 minutes long and it's more or less in the format of, of how we do our book reviews where we kind of explain what happens and then we talk about the good stuff, the bad stuff, give it a a rating and stuff like that. So it's definitely worth a watch. I think it's kind of... We were definitely out of our comfort zone a little bit just by the fact that we are you know, on camera where we usually just kind of sit around and talk. But it was a fun movie and honestly, I can't wait for it to be released. I can own it because... That's gonna be just a fun thing to have on every now and then.
0: But yeah, check out our review on uh on YouTube. I actually watched our review. Yeah. Well, I, I more listened to it, I guess. I, I had it on, but I was wearing headphones at work and um yeah, I thought we did a pretty good job for guys who don't review movies. <laughs> I
1: was that pretty impressive. Yeah.
0: Us. Was, I, so, I really dug that movie. Yeah, Rob tells the worst joke ever at the end of that video. Ah, uh, it saying. was a
1: pretty tasteless joke, wasn't it? <laughs> it was terrible. It was even it was
0: yeah. How You're, often, though, like, for me. Yeah.
1: you don't get the opportunity to say a joke like that very often. It's like one in a million. So how do you not say the joke when the opportunity
0: presents itself? That's true. Let me do this properly. And you won't believe what happens at the end of that video. <laughs> there, did I clickbait the shit out of yeah, that? Or what? such yeah. good clickbait. <laughs> yep, yep, so... <laughs> yeah, it was fun, and um, I imagine from time to time we'll find a movie that and, and probably do that again. I had fun doing it, I had fun going to see the movie, and uh, I had fun doing the little mini-review, so that's likely to happen again.
1: Yeah, if Livius wasn't uh, so impatient, we might do it for Blair Witch. <sighs> <laughs> or or if more people actually watch our review of the Rob it's Zombie, so I think so, that's yeah. the thing. Like, if we need a market for it before we make it such a a common thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway alright that's enough about movies and K-drama and shit um, let's talk a little bit about books or what's going on in books, Rob, Rob turned me on to some news moments before we started recording that I'm, I'm actually really excited about
1: yeah so I'm scrolling through Facebook last night and it was like way past when I should have already been asleep so and I'm just scrolling and, and I don't know why but lately pictures on Facebook catch my attention more than words, and I saw a, what I could recognize as a screenshot from the original Night of the Living Dead movie. Have you seen Romero's, like, from the 70s, Night of the Living Dead? Several times. Okay. Very um, very recognizable, you know, scene from Night of the Living Dead. And so I stopped and I read, and it was a post by Jonathan Mayberry. Um, Long-time listeners will remember Way back in the... I don't know. Before we got to 100 episodes. We did a review of a Jonathan Maybury book called Dead of Night. Um, which was a zombie book that we both really enjoyed. And the post on Facebook that Jonathan Mayberry did was... Saying that he's writing a short story... That ties his book, Dead of Night... To Night of the Living Dead. And it's with the blessing of George Romero. So this is like... Legit authorized in Livia's terms, I'm guessing it would be Canon that ties these two together.
0: Yeah. I would say that that would, that would then become Canon. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really exciting. It's like Jonathan Mayberry is a big deal. Okay. But I have to imagine (laughs) that as big a deal as he is in what he does, he has just gotten, you know, the stamp of approval from George Romero Who's the biggest deal there is when it comes to zombies? I mean let's face it, that's really that's it, right? So yeah, he is to, the king of modern zombies for sure, yeah he I would have to imagine that there's a part of um, of Mayberry that was like ridiculously little kid excited when he was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna approach him and you know, we'll see what he says and then he says yes and he's got to be like just legit thrilled. Yeah, I want to hear the story about how that kind of came up, came about because
1: there's so many questions. Like, did he start writing this and then think, "Hey, this could be a bridge between worlds"? Did he have a conversation with Romero and, based on that, write a story that put them, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how does something like this, where it's a film from decades ago, and and is you know, it gave birth to you know the modern Romero zombie? How does that? How does an author who wrote a book? You know, four or five years ago, H- how do those, you know, how's that work?
0: I'm so curious. Yeah, there's uh, there's got to be a good story. Well, hopefully, there's a good story there, and not
1: uh, <laughs> Romero drunkenly not- like messaging random people.
0: Well, like yeah, Romero being <laughs> like, God, I wish someone would write a short story that would tie into my stuff, and then we find out that he's now drunkenly approved 75 <laughs> such stories, right? Like,
1: yeah, check your spam folder. You might have a, something from Romero.
0: Yeah, so, um, but yeah, that's gotta be really cool for him, and, um, I, I've been meaning to read that second Dead of Night book, and this might, this might be the catalyst for, uh, for doing just that.
1: Dude, seriously, um, that book, uh, if I remember correctly, Dead of Night had s- some unique approaches to the science of becoming a zombie, which I thought was really good, um, and it was obviously very thoughtful so it's not just like he just wrote like
0: shambling brain eating you know shit that doesn't matter so yeah <laughs> um it'll be uh it'll be interesting and it'll be interesting to see when you say you know tie in what does that how how do you do that what does that mean you know is it is it a reference to the house where it all happened is it that small i mean is there you know how, how does it shake yeah. out because you're right time frame wise it's it's a stretch i mean um dead of night was written modern time and whatever yep. yeah three years ago four years ago whatever when we reviewed it and then you've you definitely got that 70s gritty you know feel so it will be interesting to see how it plays out i i wish him the best with this um and i'm just i'm really excited for him cuz i know what it's like to be I not to say recognized or whatever, but, but to have some approval from somebody that yeah, I'm sure he looks up to. So it's got to be really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And, you know, maybe something cool will come out of it. Um, either way, props to Jonathan. May- that's one of those things. You see those little bits of news and you're like, oh, man, that's fucking sweet. Good for him.
0: It is good for him. Now, speaking of things that are pretty sweet, I am having significant trouble finding anything official on this. But I was really excited to see Paul Tremblay, friend of the show, post um, a signed copy of what I guess is going to be a limited edition for Cemetery Dance Books, which is also a pretty big effing deal.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, like, there there's no lack of love for uh, Paul Tremblay on this podcast, especially with um, the books that we've reviewed, um, Head Full of Ghosts and Disappearance of Devil's Rock and going back to Swallowing a Donkey's Eye and stuff like that. He, we put him in, like, you know our, our history with Paul Tremblay, and that man is just, like, such a solid writer. And now I feel like my copy of Head Full of Ghosts is inferior.
0: <laughs> it certainly is, because, um, and I guess for people who aren't really into the, the horror thing, I guess we should explain Cemetery Dance, um, does things like leather bound limited releases of like stephen king books and you know they can vary in price anywhere from you know a couple hundred bucks you know down to like just a nice limited edition hardback for 35 or whatever so um in doing a little bit of research air quotes i um, not sure when it's coming out but definitely published by cemetery dance and there will be 500 signed um and i'm assuming numbered copies um typically so i think that uh, when that comes out we'll probably mention it here and i'm probably going to have to go ahead and put in um an order for one this will be my first cemetery dance book when i was really kind of into paying attention to those they were doing some like richard layman stuff but it was just outside my my cash flow at the time to like pick up you know weird leather bound limited editions for like 160 bucks of something i'd already read so um this might be my first cemetery (laughs) dance purchase Dude, are you, are, so I'm on
1: Facebook and I'm looking at where he posted the picture of the uh, limited edition thing, and I'm looking at the comments. <laughs> like the there's a lot of people we know that are commenting on on the picture that Paul posted, but there's four from Peter Straub. Did you see this? And I'm trying I to like understand. That. So he did four separate posts. Each one has just one letter in it, and it's the, it goes like this: P O G S. Pogs? What is Peter Straub I, yeah, saying? I have right?
0: no idea. I see it. I'm looking at it. I have no idea what... <laughs> I mean, I know what Pogs are from, like, the 90s. Remember those little things you used to bounce? Yeah, those little yeah, circle things. You well probably more your age, yeah. Well, I, was, I was a little old for Pogs. Okay. Um, but
1: outside of Pogs, I'm trying to think of some, like, horror community shorthand
0: that P-O-G-S would be, like... Well, people other than grunts, which is an Army thing, permanently <laughs> on the ground, which is an Air Force thing. What did the uh, Navy use it for? I don't know. The Navy doesn't yeah. use it, apparently. I have okay. no idea. I don't know what Pogs is.
1: What is what is Peter Straub saying, man? And people are thumbs-upping it, like they're liking his comments. Does All I even... want
0: to say is, is but here's the whole thing. Can we go back to the fact that Paul Tremblay is friends with Peter Straub? Yeah, that's kind of neat, That's kind right? of a
1: big fucking deal, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's weird that that i mean thumbs up to paul tremblay for the limited edition release and for being friends with yeah, peter yeah. straub who apparently can just write whatever comments he wants to because it's peter straub paul paul pogs to you buddy pogs buddy <laughs> that's gonna be our our official congratulation thing we're gonna have to put that on a sticker
0: we are, but here's what's going to happen. Down the line, and, and listeners won't understand this, we'll be like, where the hell did that Pogs thing come from? And you'll be like, I don't know. I know we <laughs> talked about it. It's really funny. <laughs> so.
1: Oh, okay. That's Apologies a
0: call. For, 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 all right. Okay. Let's, We're going to do a call to action for our listeners because yep. we are
1: completely puzzled. And this happens frequently with me, um, especially having done over 300 episodes now, where I just don't fucking remember a reference. Uh, something that we talked about in a, in an earlier episode.
0: So, <laughs> You know, you can have a, I don't know, it's like a what you're doing thing on Skype. And mine hasn't been changed, I think, in like four years. But Rob, recently, when I say recently, I'm pretty sure it was this year, changed his to Skype <laughs> is not a replacement for game. Which cracks me up every single time I see it. And I know it's a reference to something <laughs> really funny we quoted out of a book. Yeah. But we can't for the life of us figure out what book that is. So... Astute listeners, if you know,
1: <laughs> or listeners with no memory loss issues,
0: yeah, yeah. listen. Here, here's a, <laughs> Rob and I are also amassing a collection of books. We can give someone one of these books that keeps getting <laughs> sent to us. <laughs> Maybe if they could be the first one to get back to us with this info, I don't know. I'll leave that up to you. But um, the fine folks at Hachete are now sending us a book a week, and they're just most of them are just absolutely nonsense. Like, we can't understand why they're sending us these yeah. books, but keep them coming because it's awesome. Skype is not a replacement for game. Yeah, if anybody Bonus can explain to, you to can us. Tell us what is a replacement for game, <laughs> if you can actually come up with what would be a replacement for game, or appreciate- the
1: yeah. original thing that wasn't a replacement for game,
0: yeah, any of that would be okay. Yeah, so, um, it's
1: it's hilarious, and it would be like ten times more hilarious if I understood the original context. And I'm just drawing a total blank.
0: Olivia thinks it was think from our fun. decent ride episode, possibly it could be cuz i tried to block that shit out. Yeah. So um i don't know i think it's funnier that you have no idea where it's from to be honest. I it's think just it would yeah, be funnier just... if we knew.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so drawing a blank. Pogs, bro. Pogs. Pogs to uh pogs are not a replacement for game.
0: We don't know. They might they be could a replacement be. for game. <laughs> just Peter Straub has <laughs> left us in the dark as horror writers like to do <sighs> in the dark. In the Dark was a great Richard Layman book, by the way. Yeah. So, it's, so I was talking about Layman earlier. Yeah.
1: Maybe we could do a
0: throwback. Oh, can We do another Halloween Richard Layman throwback. I already have a don't know why you're whispering. Traveling Vampire Show, the first Layman book I read.
1: Um, well, we're gonna have to. Okay, I guess we could talk about that a little bit. So it's middle of September. That means that our extravagant holiday. No, 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 Spooktacular, right? Spooktacular, yep. The Spooktacular is going to be coming up soon. And we're probably going to find a book to review as part of that. So, um, I don't know, if someone wants to give a suggestion,
0: that's cool. Otherwise, I'll just do whatever Livius tells me to, like always. I'm not sure if maybe maybe Rob will edit this out, but I think, because I'm I'm sure we'll have at least one guest. <laughs> I think we need to all watch... The remake of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It comes out October twentieth on Fox, seven PM. Um, and 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 review that as part of our Halloween episode.
1: Can't we just do um, the abominable
0: Mister Five Mr. Fives part two? No, <laughs> no, we can't. I think I would rather. No, I'll be honest with you. I think it's going to be terrible. Like like brutally bad, terrible. That's my expectation right now.
1: Yeah. So why would you I okay, I get I get why you would wanna you wanna shit on it basically. I'd
0: like to shit on it if it's terrible. And if it's good, I would like to sing its praises. I'm okay either way, but from what I've seen so far, I actually they, they released the recording, um, the the full song of the Time Warp. And and, and it's not good. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, bad.
1: Um, I'm not
0: convinced that we're gonna do that. Okay. <laughs> Listen, but you you would be you'd spend five hours reading a book, but not ninety minutes watching. A, I'm just curious. Well, I mean,
1: it's such. I well, I told you about the trauma of my original viewing of Rocky Horror, right? Yeah, you did. I was essentially kidnapped. Um, but not and I, and for, yeah, I don't know. Uh, more to come on that <laughs> for I our listeners. La-
0: I almost launched into a rendition of of the Time Warp that's better than what I heard from Fox. Mm. I think uh,
1: we may be hitting the end of our rope here for this episode.
0: All right. Yeah, I think we're getting close to done. Um, but, you know, we were just talking about what's coming up in October. and uh, We're not sure, clearly, as Rob and I are going to fight off air about Blair Witch Project and, <laughs> and, and the Rocky Horror Picture Show and Richard Lehman. But I do know what's coming up next week, and that is The Rib, with which I remake the world by Ed Kurtz. Um, Rob will be able to give you a more specific time. but Back in April, Rob? North at the Bar Chicago, we had Ed Kurtz um, as a reader. April 7th. April 7th. So just, uh, what is that, five short months ago, and uh, we're excited by the premise of his new book, and next week you'll find out if uh, it lived up to the excitement with which we were, uh, I don't know, what does excitement do? Grabbed? We were grabbed by the excitement? I don't know. We'll, we'll, you'll find out if we think it's any good, I guess. I think
1: it pogged us. Um yeah, he was definitely uh I think from that reading our favorite reader, and that is a reading that includes both Jedediah Ayers and Scott Phillips, so that is saying a lot.
0: That is saying a lot. To be fair though, Scott Phillips read a newspaper article, so not really my thing.
1: Yeah, there's yeah. Yeah, well I I I dug the spirit of it, but um I I, I see what you're saying. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So um, that's what's coming up. We have some, some I don't know, called dealers out. So we have a couple emails out. We've been looking to do some interviews, and we're uh, we're hoping some people get back to us. So hopefully that will be in the near future. And then we are going to spend all of October on horror, if I have any say in what happens on this podcast. Yeah, you know, you'll
1: get us back into that creepypasta website or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Channel Zero coming up in just a few short weeks. We uh, talked about that on the episode, didn't we? yeah um the tv show wait what channel is that from all right so it's going to be on the sci-fi channel but 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 don't don't let that because i yeah oh the sci-fi channel so bad (laughs) have you did you watch have you seen any of the trailers for it i saw a kid made of teeth yeah there's some good stuff out there now none of those are indicative of what the first anthology season is going to be which is based on candle cove Olivia's favorite. Which
1: you spent a lot of time talking about in previous episodes.
0: Oh, I love it. I'm so excited. So that comes out September 28th, which gives us plenty of time to talk about it in October. But do you know it comes out the day before that, Rob? I think you do.
1: Uh, Before the day before. Oh, come on. Yeah. The Desiree movie. We've only been waiting for this for fucking like ever since it was even confirmed like over a year ago. Right.
0: Yeah, we've been waiting for it forever, so I don't know. Maybe um, we'll have to look at our our schedule. Um, my treat because it's gonna be video on demand. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll watch that together.
1: Dude, seriously, um, I've almost been kind of priming myself because I rewatched the first season of Justified recently, and good God, Walton Goggins, man.
0: I was, I was like, I don't think this has anything to do with Justified, but yeah, all right. I got Walton Goggins, who is amazing.
1: And if you want, all right, so having watched, did you ever go back and rewatch any of Justified?
0: I did not rewatch it, no.
1: But you've seen every episode of the series, every right? Every
0: single episode, yep.
1: Go back and watch the pilot, go back and watch the first episode and think about what happens in the entire series, and you're like, holy shit, this episode was amazing!
0: I'm going to do... That sounds yep. interesting. I'm going to do that. I, I first have to finish what I'm currently watching. Is it a K-drama? K it is. And I don't even know what to make of this. I have only watched one, um, one episode. It is called W. Two Worlds. Uh, which K-drama titles, by the way, absolutely no sense. None of them. I've watched several now. <laughs> and I can't make heads or tails of what the title actually means. Um, this one's really trippy, man. It is... It starts off with a kid uh, who wins the gold medal in the Olympics for pistol shooting. Okay. And then his family is killed by somebody who shoots them all in the head. <laughs> not not him. Be- he's arrested because he's the prime suspect.
1: Because it was a shoot.
0: Yeah, shooting. Yeah. Well, and, and there's some other things, some <laughs> other whatever, you know, some other uh, what's that called? Uh, circumstantial evidence. At any rate. Then we jump to this girl whose father is a is a famous um like kind of like graphic novelist and he's gone missing. And the girl, you know, goes there to to see if she can help find him or whatever and she gets sucked into the comic book that he's working on. And the character that she's sucked in basically to save is the kid who's been accused of the shooting. That's weird. Yeah. So, um that's why we're wrapping this up early because I have to watch episode two of W. <laughs> um, cool. Then well, we ran out of stuff to talk about.
1: <laughs> we ran out of stuff to talk about. Um. All right, that's it then. <laughs> no one else to wrap this up. I've got nothing. When you start talking K drama, <laughs> that's you know it's over. Yeah. Yeah. K drama is not a replacement for game. I'm gonna tell you no, that much. but something is, and someone is probably <laughs> going
0: to tell us what
1: that is. <laughs> Alright, um, so that'll wrap it up. Come back next week, we're going to do that review of Ed Kurtz's book, The Rib With Which I Remake the World, which is not a title that you can say quickly. And then, yeah, hopefully we'll have some exciting interviews coming up in the next few weeks, leading up to um, Livius subjecting me to ridiculous horror-related things that I don't care about. Until then,
0: <laughs> I'm Livius <Snuddy. laughs> Nedden. And I'm Rob Olson. Keep reading.